Cheers Cast is a part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network where everybody thinks they know your name. Do you believe that? She canceled on me. Women. Reminds me of what my Uncle Henry used to say. Hey, how was that, Woody? Women. <laughs> Welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. My name is Ryan Daly, and here with me to discuss the second episode of Cheers' fifth season is the host of Is It Jaws and other podcasts on the Two True Freaks Network. Please welcome back to the show, Paul Spataro. What's up, Paul? Happy to be back here, even if I'm getting a an underwhelming episode, but I think you know I think there's some positives in this one. So you know we'll we'll jump into it and we'll have some things to say. I think. I sort of forecasted this uh, during the the episode on the last show that there are elements of the Sam and Diane romance in the beginning of this season that I'm just, uh, they needed to do something else. They needed to shake it up. They couldn't just have them get engaged right away and have them get back into the relationship because we've seen Sam and Diane in a relationship in season two and we know the trappings and the pitfalls. So They have to do something else. So in this case, they've got Diane being the pursuer, the one going after Sam. And I just don't know if it really works very well. As as Uh, a premise, as a premise, I kind of tend to agree with you that it doesn't really it it forces you to suspend some logic a little bit and and you know of her personality as it's been developed. But I think it does work to present a different type of storyline, which is I mean, kind of in agreement with what you're saying, right. but you know, it, 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 when I talk to people about these shows, sometimes and they'll say, why would somebody do that? And I say, eh, it's a sitcom. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so sometimes you, you got to just say, okay, you know what? They got to turn things around. I remember, you know, years and years ago, I took a class in TV uh, production and there was a, a, a theory at that time that there were like 22 stories that you could do in sitcoms. And every other episode was a variation. And I'm not sure about the number. When I say 22, that number may be sure. up by a little. But, but, but every other one was a variation on that. And, and that, you know, they all fell into those categories. So now if you're going to do a show that's going to have, you know, by the time it's done, probably, I don't even know how many Cheers had. 270-something, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to have that kind of a body of work and you have 22 plot lines to choose from or 20, <laughs> 22, you know, basic premises to choose from – you know, you got to do some variations and you got to change things around. And, you know, to some extent they did it by, you know, over the years changing the cast, you know, the sad death of coach, but it allowed them to bring in Woody. And then, you know, right. when Diane leaves and you bring in Rebecca and right. Frazier coming on as, as a regular that you didn't expect. So it allows you to do some things where you are maybe revisiting similar storylines. But at this point, we're still, you know, with, you know, the, the body of this show is still Sam and Diane. So you got to kind of work with that a little bit. And the romantic tension has worked so far so well that, you know, you got to find ways to play with it. And, and bless the, the characters and the actors that their performances, I think, carry through when those storylines are a little thin or a little, uh, well, well, we'll, we'll get into this one. Cause I do think I, I have said, even the weakest episode of Cheers is still a pretty fun show. Um, that I agree with you totally, and that's one of the thoughts I had about this one. Is it was yeah. still fun, even though it isn't one of the it isn't a standout. 
Right, right. Now, trying to dis- discourage the listeners from going any further with us, but stick around because we are talking about season five, episode two, The Cape Cad, written by Andy Cowan and David S. Williger, directed by James Burroughs. The original air date for this one was Thursday, October 2nd, 1986. Picking up right after the last episode, Diane has returned to Cheers, insisting that she and Sam will be married despite his denials. To prove to her that he has moved on after her initial rejection of his proposals, he heads off to the Cape for a romantic weekend with a woman named Vicky. But Sam's plan is threatened when Diane follows them to the Cape and then when Vicky has to leave prematurely to tend to a sick grandmother. Sam doesn't want Diane to know he's alone, so he orders two plates and two desserts from room service. And when Diane wants to come into his room to apologize, Sam hires another couple to go into his bathroom and make some noises to convince Diane that his date hasn't left him. Once the ridiculousness of their behavior is exposed, Sam and Diane meet at the restaurant. Sam tries to get her to go to bed so long as she knows that it doesn't mean anything more for their relationship, but Diane determines they should not sleep together at all until after they're married. Um, My first thought is, I wonder if originally at some point the this was conceived to be a two-part or an hour-long season premiere um, because of where this one picks up. And also, like, the the previous episode kind of ended, I don't want to say abruptly, but the, the premiere had a lot of this action on the boat and everything like that, and it sort of ends with, or there's this joke towards the end where Diane is going onto the boat where she thinks Sam is back in and she's going to accept his proposal, and she's wearing this slinky lingerie. Only the reveal is that Sam gave the boat to this elderly Monsignor friend of his, so she's she's exposing herself to the wrong person. And that would have been a great ending for that episode, but we have like a late commercial break in the structure of the show, and it comes back for about two more minutes, where she comes back and she says, yes, I will marry you, you can't reject me, you can't say no, and I'm going to work here. And it it felt like the episode just went on a few minutes, like, like they like their normal runtime was a little bit short, so they had to do something, and then this one picks up immediately after that and then like the second half is all in this cape and there's like not really uh, there's hardly a b plot i don't know i just felt like structurally these two episodes felt like they wanted to be one hour long episode but there is a pretty clear division of like the stuff on the boat in the first episode and then the stuff on the cape with this one but somewhere in the middle like the 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 segue feels a little bit off to me and maybe that's just me i don't know if you noticed it i i didn't until you're saying it now but it does kind of make sense and it could even be you know the thought was to make it as a one hour episode in in you know as a season opener but to format it in a way where you could easily break it into two episodes so that you can have it for syndication purposes. There is some logic there that, that may make sense. I don't remember uh, watching this originally, you know, is is there any chance that it was a one hour episode and that they broke it up? I I mean, they do have two different original air dates on IMDb. So okay, then then it would be, yeah, then it's not a, yeah. I I Um, can tell you in October of 1986, I was way too busy watching uh, baseball playoffs (laughs) and what was going on in cheers. Uh, But, you know, just the same, you know, that's uh, as much as I want to relive that past. Uh, 
you know, I, I do think this this episode has some serious things going for it. You know, and and that's you know we started off by bad mouthing it a little bit, and I, I want to prop it up a little bit more. Uh, and you know, may, yeah, structurally maybe it's a little, you know, a little clumsily put together. And uh, as as we we kind of talked about, there's there's some you know element of Diane chasing Sam that may not have total continuity with what's gone on on in the past. But I think from a just from a sitcom point of view. Uh, the, the, I, I think this episode had some physical comedy at a point when things were starting to get more into dialogue heavy comedy. Uh, you know, the scenes of, the, of Sam in the room by himself. I, I think there's some points where his, his physical actions are really, really funny. Uh, and, and there's also an element that I was watching, you know, in, in kind of the final scene when they're in the restaurant together. And now this is going to turn it the other way, going away from the physical physical comedy, a lot of their dialogue was really well crafted where the humor in the dialogue, and there was some very funny lines in there, but they were put together in a way where it wasn't just, oh, somebody's saying something really ridiculous, so I'm going to laugh. They were said that the person, you know, it, it made total sense that the person saying it said it intending it to be funny. Mm-hmm. The character intended it to be funny, and it was. So yeah, you know, I, I think yeah. it's it's well crafted that way. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think like like towards the end, like when Diane is like talking about you know how she remembers their last time here, you know, was like very special. And Sam says something to the effect of, of like, yeah, I think all that sea air gave me extra stamina. You know, that's yeah. you know he he is he's being playful in that line, you know, and it, and her reaction is funny, and you get it, like what what she's talking about, but. Yeah, I, I think something like that. But yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and then, but then is you know it's got the ridiculous too with the older couple that he pays fifty dollars to go into the bathroom, and but right. but it's funny when 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 he's in there, uh, and and Diane comes into the room and you hear her in the in the in the bathroom you know giggling, it it's <laughs> it's laugh out loud funny as far as I'm concerned that whole scene, and then you know when when he comes out and he's what does he say you know do you want us to do I don't even know what he says. <laughs> And they asked for their 50 bucks, yeah. yeah. And then the waiter, yeah. the waiter I, I'm looking at him and I'm saying, I recognize this guy, but he's different, whatever. And then when I looked him up, that, you know, because in his later years, he lost his hair and he was mm-hmm. he was on Sex in the City, which is a show that I never really watched. But I'd mm-hmm. seen enough, I guess, commercials for it or whatever that, that he really stands out. Plus, he's been a guest star in like a billion shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, there are quite a few uh, um, in, in the guest cast list. Um, first of all, Sam's date for just a, a few minutes, Vicky, is played by Brenda Strong, which this was only her sixth credit on IMDb. Uh, fans should know her. Um, she was Sally Sasser on the show Sports Night, one of my favorite shows. Uh, she played Sue Ellen Mischke on Seinfeld. She was the one who notoriously uh-huh. never wore a bra. Um, she is, she was the heir to the O. Henry fortune. The heir to the O. Henry candy bar fortune. Yeah. Um, she was on desperate housewives. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch the show, but I'm pretty sure she was the character who dies like in the first episode, but narrates the entire series. Okay. Yeah. Um, I vaguely remember that. It wasn't a show that stayed with me particularly. (laughs) Right. Um, she was in, she was actually, she had a small bit part in the movie Spaceballs, um, when um, like the the, <laughs> the horrible joke when the the plastic surgeon is going to give Princess Vespa her old 
very pronounced nose um and there's a, a nurse that the doctor ends up like making out with in the background she's in that one uh and i guess brenda strong was also on the supergirl tv show playing a luthor i'm not sure i, I, I didn't saw that in that. imdb as well so, yeah so yeah so, so she's been in a lot of stuff and yeah. then i think even the uh the hotel manager is he looked very familiar as well he was he his name is don perry um this was only his second imdb credit so you gotta imagine like he's somebody who got into acting in his 50s probably just because he had a certain look that he could play this type of, of person um i i remember him from an episode of arrested development um but yeah he he's one of those guys who's been on a lot of stuff just always has like an, an aged character um, but yeah, the waiter is Willie Garson, uh, who you mentioned again, which just, and he looks very, very young in this one. And you're right. He does have a full head of hair, which I, I think most people would not recognize him that way, but yeah, he's been in millions. Sadly, of sadly, yeah. when I looked him up, I saw that he passed away last year from pancreatic yeah. cancer, which is, I, I you know, I fundraise for pancreatic cancer research every year. So it's, it's a very meaningful thing to me and, you know, very yeah. sad to hear that this poor guy died of it. Yeah, just about six months ago. Yeah, and I don't mean um, to bring down the show by <laughs> pointing that out. But you know, the the other thing about this episode that stood out to me, and I guess it's kind of a negative, but it's not really in my mind, is it seemed to me because of the whole Cape Cod setting that they had a little bit of a difficult time setting up the B plot. You know, because you couldn't really go to the bar really, but they did anyway, and they did it in small snippets, but the snippets were funny. The thing with right, the, the, right. the kittens and everything, especially the, the thing with Norm walking out with all the kittens in his pockets. <laughs> Again, physical comedy, which you weren't always seeing, you know, was really well played and, you know, got a good laugh out of me. Yeah, basically, the, like, the amount of the B-plot is Carla comes in with this box with a cat. She says just uh, a guy gave her this cat. And... Woody's like, well, what, what's the little one's name? And she's like, what are you talking about? And she realized the the cat is giving birth to kittens as they speak. And she's like, she's like, well, Woody, you're a farm boy. How do you stop this? And he's like, well, it's, it's too, too late, late to go to, go to the, the drugstore. Drug <laughs> <laughs> and I love Carla's reaction. She's like, I swear this cat was not pregnant when, I, when it was given to me. The minute they become a tortelli, they start dropping them. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah when we come back to it much much later it's like how did you get rid of all those kittens carla like, oh this is a brilliant idea to give away a kitten with with a free beer that everybody drinks yeah. Cut you norm, walk out, norm walking out with just like hand and pockets full of kids coming out of his pockets and everything like that he's got a good line there too he says you know oh you're gonna like when you meet vera she's got legs just like a scratching post <laughs> yes which this is like another thing about this episode when it had a lot of these guest actors because so much of it takes away, takes place apart from Shears, most of the other characters hardly had anything to do or like I think Norm only has like two lines in the whole show. Um, Frazier, who had just this season been established as a regular uh, in, in the series with his name in the main credits, he doesn't have a line in this episode. We only see him like in the background of the teaser, which is continuing from the, the previous episode. Like once the episode proper starts, he's not even in this one. Yeah, the, the teaser almost seemed, you know, you talked about the structure and all of that. And one of the reasons I had thought maybe you were onto something with it being a one hour episode, which it's not, mm-hmm. but right. the teaser almost seems to be part of the whole storyline as opposed to the throwaway joke that it often is. And, and you've kind of got me conscious of when they do that, Maybe they were running a little long and they cut out, a, you know, right. save, save the, the, the throwaway joke for another day and, you know, move part of the plot before the credits. 
And so, yeah. you know, knowing that, it kind of seemed to make sense with, oh, maybe this was a one-hour episode, but, you know, it, right. it, maybe it was intended to be at one time. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's because of the weird sort of in the middle chunk feeling like it's not quite broken, like right in half, that makes me think, okay, maybe it was supposed to be an hour, but I don't know. The fact that so much of the second half, it, 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 I don't know, it would feel very a little bit lopsided if it was, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, uh, get sort of going, going back, like before, before we even get to the Cape, like just a few couple scenes at the bar still before they leave, uh, Sam is trying to tell uh, Diane that, you know, he, he's going to the Cape for some R and R, which he says is Rhonda and room service. Um, there's, there's a good little line where he's like, he's like, we won't have time for any sightseeing. He's like, we're only going to come up for air long enough to have some of that fish head soup. And Diane goes, booyah base. And he goes, no, I mean it. <laughs> yeah that was that was nicely played uh yeah. i did the line i thought kind of fell flat is when he's on the phone with Rhonda, and uh so can't you be born again on monday and it, it just kind of like <laughs> seemed like you know uh seems a little forced i don't know yeah, but, I, yeah, yeah it's a joke i think they've made before and done a little bit better but yeah yeah so, right after that uh right after that um Woody goes, women. It reminds me of something my Uncle Henry used to say. Norm's like, what's that? What are you women? <laughs> it's just yes. that's, that's, that's that that's was a very coach like line. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. Definitely was. Yeah. You know, it, it's I mean, there's no question, I think, Woody plays on the show as if he's coach's son. I mean, I know he's not, but mm. but he's written as if he's you know, cut from the same mold. Uh, he's not quite as scatterbrained as Coach was, but he has the same innocence in the way he thinks of things. I, I think that's kind of the safety mode for him is Coach Junior, when the writers either don't really have something else for him to do, or, you know, I mean, this still, you know, he, he's only been on the show for a year. If They're still kind of fleshing him out a little bit. I mean, we will see definitely more nuance to his character as he grows we'll see some darker edges to him uh as as it goes but at this point yeah i i definitely get the sense that they they kind of give that like yeah some of these lines as you said could have been coach lines uh without without any deviation to the script um so then once they're at the cape and once diane knows that sam is going to be there alone when she has that information that the audience has but that Sam doesn't realize she knows that he, that um, Vicky is leaving. Then it becomes the sort of cat playing with the mouse, like just kind of like dangling it and playing with her food type of thing. And with a show like this, I find that can be a tricky, a tricky needle to thread, I guess. And it's sometimes because for me as an audience member, because I love a character like Sam so much I don't want to see him in pain. I don't want to see him that uncomfortable. So when she's toying with him and she's really torturing him and he's making an obvious ass of himself. And I, I, I like, I, I, uh, I, I, my heart kind of goes out from, I was like, dude, stop, stop, stop. But at the same time, I recognize the performers are so good at it that you love seeing Sam make an ass of himself to some extent. Like when he has to like jump on the bed and finally like, kick it and everything to like make it sound and throw the food and put the, put the dessert, the food in the, in the bed, in like the, the drawer and everything, just put it in like the sock drawer to make it look like they've eaten. 
it's it's again i talked about the physical comedy i thought mm-hmm. he he just did he did a really nice job with that scene i thought especially when he jumps on the bed he seems so light uh you know he, <laughs> he's he's like prancing and and it, it makes him look very athletic which he's supposed to be a you know a retired jock mm-hmm. uh and it and it is an all all physical thing and it it was reminiscent it's it's funny because when i watch these shows for the purposes of talking to you about them i start becoming a little bit more conscious of where you know where have i seen this before or where have i seen something similar uh you know the scene in the restaurant reminded me of the scene with, with fraser and, and diane in uh, what was it uh chef luigi's when he oh, passed okay. away <laughs> yeah. you know a little bit and that was funnier than this i have to admit right. but then this the scene of sam when he's like prancing around the room a little bit i don't know if you're familiar with it it's one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen it's in the show frasier so it's kind of a, a, a step off of this in an episode called three valentines there's an opener it's about one of the it's about five minutes long and it's Niles doing everything with no dialogue and it's just one of the funniest scenes and that's what this this wasn't the same but it's it's what it got me thinking of yeah, I so I, you know, I, I I give Sam a, or I give Ted Danson, excuse me, a lot of credit for the way he moved around in that scene. You know, you, it was all one take. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows how many times they did right. it, but the, the, what they show you is one solid, you know, run. It's yeah. not like you know you you pull a close up to to give him a chance to catch his breath or whatever. Uh, and and he's you know he's running around, he's doing a lot of stuff, and then he's got to open the door and you know start talking. I give him credit. I thought he did a really good job with it. And actually, I didn't even make the connection, but like with his performance, because like, Diane has a line later that it's almost a throwaway line when she's accusing him, and she mentions something about him leaving um, an empty vial of vitamin E or something outside the door <laughs> for me to find or something like that. I guess you know if this was twenty years later, they would have said Viagra. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Although I don't, yeah, know if, I don't know if you'd ever say that about Sam. Sam was too uh, too much of a man to ever need Viagra. Right. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah. When he and then when he runs out of the, the hallway to meet the, the the couple, and he's like, "I, I he's like, I'll give you fifty bucks. Just go into the bathroom and make some noises." I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, "I promise, it's no weird. It's not a weird. It's nothing weird." He's like, um, uh, and I like I, I mean I already said, but I just love when she's in there and you just hear you know <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's supposed to be what what uh, Vicky is doing in the bathroom by herself. Right, right. <laughs> And yeah, Sam tells Diane, he's like, yeah, she's just in the bathroom. Diane's like, oh, maybe she's nauseous or something like that. <laughs> and then it, 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 it pays off in everything because like the, when the, the waiter like first walked in and he's delivering two places, like, you're probably wondering why I'm ordering two of everything. He's like, not really. <laughs> he's like, I, he's like I, I see this you kind of stuff. Before. I've seen it all before. And then when the elderly couple comes out of the bathroom, they're like, where's our 50 bucks? And the waiter's like, now that is different. <laughs> he's like, I haven't seen that one, but. You know, I mean, and then he throws it. They give him a line at the end, or he's like, you know, did, an- did we lose another <laughs> did we one? Lose another one, yeah. But yeah, they... you know, the scene at the end, I think, also deserves a little bit of credit uh, from a progression point of view on the story, uh, because now you know you've gone from Sam proposing, Diane saying no, Diane wanting to now accept it, Sam saying no. And now they're kind of accepting, at least, you know, for the purposes of the end of this episode, that, okay, you know, we are going to get back together. We are going to, you know, move our relationship forward. And, you know, it's tricky on a show like this to do that. You know, they they, they have to keep playing with the, are they gonna, are they not gonna, you know, let them break up again. Uh, you know, ultimately in the long run, and I'm getting way ahead of my, well, I'm getting a season ahead of myself. 
But ultimately, it's probably a good thing that Shelley Long left the show because I don't know how much longer they could have kept going with the will they or won't they. They would have had them get married. And usually that's, you know, the jump the shark moment for these these series. I, I mean, I, I agree. And that's that's kind of the trajectory that I, I'm kind of pointing to for this season. And I think it's a case that I'm going to be making is especially in the the first half of this season, at least, is basically is a lot of episodes sort of like this with her kind of like trying to convince him to ma- to get married and him like saying no and refusing and everything but he's not he's still not really ready to throw her aside and i think i think the thing about this episode in particular and kind of like where we're we're coming to it is that the actors are still amazing the chemistry is phenomenal between these two leads and the writing is still really sharp I think we're just hitting upon this part where the premise is now a little bit weak because it's been four full seasons at this point where we've had, okay, the will they or won't they get together of season one. Season two is they're together. Can they stay together? Because they keep breaking up. They keep fighting. Season three, she's with somebody else and he's still pining for her. Season four, they kind of have have this weird sort of detente where they kind of are are able to work as friends and joke about their past chemistry um while kind of keeping each other at an emotional distance and it's only when he gets serious with another woman that it forces them to confront this idea that no he would rather be with her and now we get to this one where it's like yeah he the, the, where else are you going to go with his relationships? He has to ask for Miriam, but it's like, yeah, if she says yes, where, what is the show anymore? Like, so, so they, yeah, well, it's, it's assuming Shelley Long had stayed, you figure right. they're going to get married. Right. You could probably have a season of the married and the pitfalls of, you know, right. the relationship there and having to be, you know, true to each other and all that. Cause you, you can't really have, you know, this isn't, Melrose place you can't have them cheating on each other uh and you know these are two characters you're supposed to love so you gotta you know you gotta have that go along and then then maybe you have another season where they have a baby and you know it just becomes very rote at that point so but but also it it just like I can't even see that like even like as a hypothetical because the point that me and my guests have always we keep coming back to is these two don't belong together long term no. They have this amazing chemistry and this amazing click that's very physical and very hot and passionate, but their romantic destiny is to burn very hot and very bright, but very fast. Like, I just, I don't, like, they, they try and they, they suggest, like, well, maybe, but I think ultimately, like, I, 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 I mean... I, I they this like I think we've seen enough evidence that these two do not belong together really long term. So well, I totally I agree with you. I, I think I, I think a actual functioning successful marriage by the end of it would have been doomed, faulty. It would have had to end in divorce, and and I don't know if a sitcom could do that. Well, I, I don't think I don't think that at least you know not in the mid eighties. I don't or the late eighties. I don't think. I don't think that really would have been successful. I think the show would have unfortunately overstayed its welcome and died a slow death, which, you know, we've, we've seen many sitcoms that ended up doing that. Uh, You know, it was reinvigorated by 
Shelley Long leaving and, and right. then being able to change the, the, the focuses of the show and where it was going to go. And even then, you know, there were some points where they kind of like, you know, it was like, where are you going to go with this? But they, they were able to always find something to keep it entertaining throughout the entire run. Uh, right. But, but if Shelley Long had stayed, cause this, I mean, it's just fortuitous in its own way that she left because they, I don't think they ever had any intention of making her leave and writing her character out if she hadn't decided to leave. And I'm I mean, not sure where they would have yeah. gone and it kept it to be satisfying. Right. I mean, she is the, uh, arguably the star of the show. I mean, she was the first one hired before Ted, before Ted Danson. I mean, she was really the heart of the, the viewpoint going into the series and she's the romantic, like, leading lady. And the show at this point is number three in the ratings. Like, why would you try and mess with that if you didn't have to? But it was the fact that she told the producers, no, I'm done after this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can come up with entertaining episodes with whatever premise you go with. But right. I think you lose the ability to have an entertaining premise once they get married. Right. I mean, would she stay at the bar or would she just be like... Well, I mean, you, you could go with totally changing the focus of the show and she leaves the bar and then she's working as a college professor or something crazy like that. But right. that's not Cheers. Right. <laughs> so that doesn't, you know, that doesn't do well, it for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, in, you, in some respect where they go once Kirstie Alley comes and once they kind of settle into their thing, it does become more of an ensemble workplace that's less about the the singular romantic drive and it could have done that really the main the main change is that sam now is could you any could you, any romantic subplot with sam is off the table and could you eliminate romance from it they get married and then diane is a little overbearing in you know she knows better on everything so she takes over managing the bar and she just kind of screws it up every, at every turn uh you know with her brilliant ideas and then you know you make it really a workplace comedy, you know, you turn it into uh, you know, si- similar to what, you know, the office was where you're not seeing any of their home life because that's a dead end. That's going to bore you. Uh, so you make it purely a workplace comedy, which it really is anyway. Uh, right. But you just changing, you're taking the focus off the romance and, and like you just said, making it more of an ensemble show and, and uh, changing the focus a little. I don't, I don't know if it would have worked. worked. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't, I don't know that it would have worked, but I think that would be your best bet if she had stayed alone. No. You can't just keep going with the romantic tension. That's that's gonna, you know, that's gotta fizzle at some point. And unfortunately, you know, I, I think the you know the poster child for that is is moonlighting, how that show yep. once they yep. got together, the show kind of was not so entertaining anymore. Right. And interesting, we'll see that the other side characters start to get long-term romantic plots going forward. Frasier and Lilith, uh, Carla and Eddie, eventually getting into like season seven or eight, Woody and Kelly. Um, and those kind of become sort of like the main romantic episodes where, yeah. But, but you even have, you know, you have, some of the will they won't they with uh, Sam and Rebecca with, with yeah. Sam and Rebecca and you also have Rebecca with uh, uh what's his name Tom uh, Scarrett I can't even Tom remember Scarrett, yeah. Yeah, yeah Drake yeah uh, Evan Drake this is the character's Drake. name yeah. and then yeah. and then you have her with uh Robin Colcord Robin Colcord yeah so I mean there's 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 a lot of you know they they managed to play the romance without making Sam be the focus of it anymore mm-hmm. Except for when he's a little, you know, has his little dalliances with Rebecca, but that's those those aren't yeah. overblown. And I mean, talk about like 
when the the whole will they or won't they and the dangers, the pitfalls of that whole formula. I mean, they basically keep that up for three seasons between Sam and Rebecca, and they finally hook up at the end of season eight. And I don't know if Rebecca as a character is ever as good in the last couple seasons as she was before that. I, I kind of feel like that was a point. I don't want to say it ruined her, but I do. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. So, I know, so we're 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 getting we're, we're, getting, yeah, we're, we're getting far afield, but I think it, it's it speaks something for what happens in this episode and how it gets you thinking of what could have been. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think there's something to be said about this episode because of that. And and again, there are funny things in this episode. I think some of the dialogue is very crisp. I think the physical comedy between Sam dancing around the room and Norm walking around with pocketfuls of cats. Uh, you know, it's it's funny stuff. And, I, you know, it's it's not the most memorable episode of Cheers. But, you know, as we've said on numerous occasions, even the worst episode of Cheers is still funny and entertaining. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's uh, pretty much for this one. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting kind of harbinger of some of the problems and pitfalls that I, I think play part of this season um, in that the the new status of Sam and Diane's relationship is kind of shaky. Um, and it's, it's only the grace of how much we love the characters and the performers that, that see it through on some occasions. Cause I, I mean, Diane can be annoying in this episode and, and annoying in some of the episodes going forward, but we still love Shelly and, and the performance that she gives. So. Yeah. Um, and then the whole premise of her following him to Cape Cod when she knows he's going to be with another woman is, is just, right. You know, you, you kind of have to close close your eyes a little bit and say, yeah, yeah it's all right. Whatever. Yeah, it's it's borderline cruel um, and just kind of, I don't know, desperate. Kind of silly. Kind of pathetic, yeah. Yeah, and he calls her on that too. And she, when she does actually acknowledge it, that's kind of when she changes and when the, the tone shifts towards the end. But um, for Norm's tab, so I pretty much tried to count the cats that he walks out with. At the end. So he does have one beer at the beginning of the episode when they they were picking up, and then I think he had seven kittens on his person when he's leaving at that at the end. So I give him eight beers for this episode. Um, so that takes him up to three hundred and eighty-eight for the series. Um. Um, for the employee of the week, uh, I gave it to Sam for the same things that you were talking like for being able to do the physical comedy in the room. Um, when, when he has to basically, when he gets the phone call and he has to like snap into action and like throw the bed sheets off and like jump and like do like a little dance on the bed to make it look like it's been tussled up and like scraping the food into the drawers and everything like that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally on board with you. That's exactly where I got to give it to. I mean, realistically, in this episode, your only choices are Sam and Diane because everybody else's part is too small. And, right, you know, right. Sam Sam carries the episode. I, I think from a comedy point of view, not only the physical comedy, but I think he got more of the funny lines at the end, too. Yeah, I agree. Great. Um, and shout out to some of the guests, like the waiter, Willie Garson's character. Like, he gets some funny bits. Um, they, they were very generous with some of those lines, too. Um, what was your home run or your high point, your, your best gag? Yeah, usually every time I've been on the show, it, there's been a punchline that I've hit on. That's, that's been my, uh, home run in this instance. It's not in this instance. It is the giggling from the bathroom that just made me laugh more than anything else in the episode. 
<laughs> just, just the concept of Vicky is in the bathroom and this is what she's doing. And Sam wants Diane to believe that. <laughs> just that whole concept. Just I find it just incredibly amusing. And Diane's reaction to, yeah, no, that, that was good. And uh, mine was pretty much along the same lines. It was the whole shtick with getting the, the, the couple in the bathroom. And they're like, what do you want us to do? I just get, pretend like you're going out for some hot action or something like that. And then like when they come out and they're like, where's our 50 bucks? So yeah, that was, yeah, I had the same thing. I thought that, that couple was the highlight. So, um, well, Paul, thank you very much. This was an interesting episode to talk about. And I think the fact that we talked about so many more future episodes and sort of hypotheticals um, was telling, but I still always enjoy our discussions and and i know the next time you give you come back i'll, I'll give you a media one to, to digest but until then where can people find you if they want to hear more from you if anybody wants to find me i'm on the two true freaks network i am a host or co-host of three shows uh back to the bins where we review old comics uh toon trek which is a uh a, a retrospective look at all of the Star Trek animated series from the 1970s, which I believe once we complete that, we're already talking about possibly doing Star Trek Enterprise or a different iteration of Star Trek at some point. We'll see how that goes because the animated series is somewhat limited. And the last one is, is it yours, which is a movie review program. All right. Thank you again for being on this episode. And thanks to all of you who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford Wright from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, who sponsored this show. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, we're closed. Why don't you just... Yell your apology through the door here. Oh, that's silly. I'll be here all weekend. I can certainly wait. <laughs> she sure is busy. Is that enough? Or should we snap some towels?